everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode... Oh, what is it? It's actually episode 574, recorded today, live Wednesday, the 24th of April 2019. Uh, this is the show that's dedicated to all things to do with music technology, synthesizers, software, workflow stuff, studio stuff, live production, all kinds of things that are relate to the business of making music and distributing music and many other things besides. So I want to welcome a couple of guests who stepped in. Uh, I know they're both very busy and uh, it's one of those it's, it's one of those weeks that falls between everybody's about to go somewhere and do something else. But I appreciate you both taking the time to join me. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Rich Hilton, who is actually on the road at the moment. I believe you're in... Uh, where, where in the world are you, Rich? Can people guess from your I'm, hotel room? <laughs> I'm in lovely Ottawa, Canada. Ah, right okay. Where we will perform tonight, uh, opening for Cher, the inimitable Cher, um, here in the hockey rink uh, where the Ottawa Senators play, the name of which escapes me, the, the corporate name of which escapes me. And then we will uh, travel a great distance tonight to Port Chester, New York, where we will play as headliners tomorrow night and do a full chic show. And then the following night, we join back up with this tour in Buffalo and continue that. Wow, that sounds like uh, one of those logistical uh, challenges, shall we say. I mean, hey-ho, for uh, hooray for hiring keyboards, right? So you're just travelling with your uh, your USB stick and your portable rig, right? Or have you got more stuff? With um, stuff? Well, as relates to the share tour, um, it's all the same. It, the gear travels. It's, uh, you know, multi-truck, big production extravaganza and uh, the gear travels and so that's easy the gear i get in portchester will be gear i haven't played lately but i've undoubtedly played before and uh won't be a problem so from my standpoint for the drummer for example it's a bit more of a thing yeah. and because he's got the same kit on all the gigs at shares tour but this is going to be a different kit and for you know the guys who have amplifiers and things like that there's a few more variables but for me once loaded, uh, you know, an RD700GX is pretty much the same anywhere you play it, um, as long as it's positioned properly. Right, okay. Do you find, now here's a question, I mean, I guess you get like higher stuff, you have higher stuff. Do you sometimes see the same one coming back to you that you recognize from a little sort of distinguishing oh, not, mark? <laughs> not only, not only do I walk up on 700GXs I don't know that I've seen before and find programs from seven eight years ago that i left in them but um one time i showed up to the north sea jazz festival in rotterdam to a set of keyboards that already had my sounds in it and they told me that they had my sounds in it from curacao wow because you know that's a dutch colony and apparently the gear for that gig in curacao had been rented from holland and now was showing up in front of me on a stage in holland which so there's just not a lot of guys using this thing that I use uh, that much. And so quite often I find that uh, some version of my show is still resonant in the, in the memory of the instrument. There's Nick oh, there furiously is. trying to figure out wow, that's what weird. the hell is going on. That's like a, <laughs> a crashed input. I do beg your pardon. Gosh. Well, you could tell it's live, folks, because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. I don't know what else to say. That was a bit. Uh, that was very useful. Uh, did I miss anything? <laughs> uh, 
I guess we should probably say hello to Yoad <laughs> after that short Hi. break. Sorry to interrupt your flow there, Rich. Uh, we also got Mr. Yoad Navo from uh, Waves, and who's a producer. In fact, I don't know if you saw, he uh, sent over this lovely uh, slideshow of his studio, which has been recently set up in London, uh, which has been a big move. I won't play the whole thing because uh, uh, I've just wasted so much time um, scrabbling around behind the rack that's really curious so uh, how are you Yoad? you've been you're in uh, um tel aviv at the moment right so you're on mm -hmm. waves time um waves time exactly and how's the production and uh, music side of things going as well are you still busy uh, busy busy, busy yeah 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 i was really busy for a few weeks uh since my last visit here um and it's always a nice break even though i work really hard when i'm here as well but it's on kind of a different mindset so uh yeah so it keeps me on my toes and it's uh i really like doing both kind of uh jobs producing records and producing and making products basically which is Did, one thing that's interesting to me because i find i find quite often you know if i do if i'm doing a lot of interesting like coding work which i've been doing recently with uh, uh for, for workflow for Superbooth, and then i have to flip to go into creative mode which is a different kind of creative mode which is you know more to do with reviewing mm -hmm. and whatnot if it takes there's this transition period have you managed to shorten that down to to be quite quick or can you flip quite quickly between the two well I'm, i've been i've been doing it for so long um that when i when i get here i'm just getting into the waves mode instantly and uh, and if i don't i i'm very quickly reminded uh because i i immediately dive into ideas and arguments and things to do and right. features so quick, and yeah. deadlines and things like that so you you're right in it you're right, right in it no i get what i get it i don't know do you get the same thing rich i mean because you're when you're in the studio uh is there a different sort of routine and a different way of working than what obviously live is a very different pace isn't it because it's a lot of waiting around and whatnot well there's so little similar about them <laughs> my live life <laughs> well, and my studio life yeah I suppose. where do you want to begin <laughs> there's I, there's almost nothing about them that's similar including the way i apply music skills to the task i'm live is a completely different kind of event communication that takes place with a whole huge number of people in there in our case lately um or, or with a dozen people but in any case it takes place with more than just you and more than you and those other three people you might be doing the session with so it's a larger ensemble to deal with to begin with and then the whole process of what you're doing and how you choose to do it is probably different not too many of my recording projects involve putting nine people in a room and having them playing music together Quite honestly, do you, I wish it did involve do, it more, but it does. Does does stuff happen? Because I mean, sometimes obviously while you're on the road, there might be work that's happening. You know that you might need to be involved in, so you're flipping between <laughs> studio and then live within the same day as well. There is some of that. Um, I'm happy to say that there's less of it for me than there once was, and that somebody else is somebody else who's wonderful and a dear friend is handling most of that. But uh, yes, occasionally I'm presented with recording work to do or other kinds of logistical work, organizational work, um, you know, uh, company contact, whatever. There's, there's things that come up for work that don't involve the stage show, absolutely, in terms of the job. But yeah, uh, yeah. mostly it's a pretty wonderfully isolated, you know, insular, just 
go and do the best possible show you can every time kind of life right now. And uh, I love that. Yeah, no, I can imagine. That must be really great fun. Um, actually, uh, while we're on the subject of uh, great fun, I-, I wanted to say uh, it's happy birthday to Tony Visconti, who I believe is, I think he's 70. Oh, yeah. Is it 74 today? Six seventy six. Uh, plus he could three, be. 70, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, right. I, I think. 73. Okay. I, and I, I, I thought, oh, because Rich, you brought this up and I was thinking, wow, because I, I, I really love some of the Tony Visconti stuff, particularly the T-Rex, that mm. sound, that the kind of echo on the drums and the massively compressed acoustic guitar. He was a real kind of pioneer with some of the sounds. And I thought, I'll just have a look on Wikipedia and see what he's been up to. <laughs> These are the album credits Jeez. only for uh, starting in 1968. Uh, oh, actually, no, I don't know if it's 68. Yeah, 68. And it goes, starts in 68 yeah. with uh, my people. I'm sure there was stuff before then. Uh, so that's T-Rex. And then David Bowie. Well, and then uh, there's just so much of it. It's just incredible. What an incredible workload that that guy has. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, he's- New Is York. He? Is he really? No, he I didn't moved- know that to England and became all that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he was some version of all that before he left, but when he got there and started working with Mark Bolin and David Bowie, that was, that was really groundbreaking stuff on the order yeah, of, you know, like formative groundbreaking stuff that kind of runs all the stuff that comes after it. And uh, in my own particular world, he also worked with the uh, first with gentle giant on their first two albums which is very very close to my heart and i know it's close to gaz's mm-hmm. heart hi gaz and um t- the the contribution that tony visconti has made musically to our culture is inestimable and uh for we had the great privilege once of playing a show in new york city in central park that he mixed the front of house for wow he does that and as well it was a tremendous privilege yeah wow. it's a tremendous privilege to have him working with us and uh getting to thank him for all the great work he's done and meet uh may pang who was with him at the time and uh talk about their family and introduce them to my family and it was it was really cool oh nice Yoad, i guess i don't yeah. know if does tony visconti live in london is he uh, is he kind of a, a man I'm, about town I'm not sure. i don't know if he is I'm or not, not either sure. i'm not sure Okay, he has a university position in England. Ah, okay, all right. He has a university position in England uh, and a studio named for him at that university. And I think he kind of goes back and forth between the teaching life and the playing life. He's actually performing quite a bit with Woody Woodmansey, the drummer from the early Bowie band. And they're doing a sort of a Bowie tribute of their own uh, pretty much up and down the UK. Oh, I didn't know that. I understand it. Oh, right. Cool. But he also, he lives in various places, I believe. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I know, yeah. I mean, some of those sounds, some of those sounds he came up, I mean, you know, I was listening to the T-Rex stuff and it's outrageous, you know, that slapback echo all over the drums, but not somehow on the cymbals. It must have taken quite a lot of technique and gating and kind of just the way to Mm -hmm. let that through in a time when automation wasn't even available, right? Yeah, and things like David Bowie low, which sounds amazing, and that that snare sound with the with the Eventide harmonizer feeding back, you know that that thing on the snare and the whole drum kit there, it's like a, it's unbelievable. It's really, I saw him uh, giving a, a talk on the Reaperbun Festival uh, a couple of years ago, and. He was really interesting and he's such a nice kind of modest and down to earth. Um, uh, I haven't met him in person, but he's, yeah, I'm, I'm a really big fan. 
I mean, the musical language he sort of developed is, uh, in terms of production is, is astonishing. But anyway, I just want to say happy birthday, really. It was an excuse to, uh, happy birthday, to, kind, of, to kind of go over that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, oh, right. So I was trying to find... Oh, no, no, this is what I wanted to hear. Just there's a drum fill in this that is... I think it's it's coming up. Where this, I, I'm going to get busted for this. I think it's coming up, if I found it correctly. This is T-Rex, which will... That, no, I think I missed it, but that I mean, that's classic Visconti. Uh, anyway, yeah, the other thing that I found... Well, uh, there's many other parts of his uh, of his repertoire, of course, but that's early. Scary Monsters. Is it mm-hmm. that? I mean, Absolutely. all of the Bowie... First of all, all of the trilogy of uh, Low heroes and lodger are fantastic but then scary monsters mm-hmm. is a masterpiece it's crazy and it's, it's crazy just been good. so many masterpieces yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely awesome. Um, anyway, let's get on to the Novation Base Station update. This was the a- Apex Twin uh, update. Uh, firmware 4.14. You don't got, get to say that very often with uh, mono synths, do you? That's for sure. Uh, that they really. So this is an intro. I mean, this the, there's a there's a quite a long video with uh, Chris Calcutt, who's got the unenviable task of having to explain how it works. Uh, but essentially, what you're able to do is create an overlay i think it's an octave where you have a because the the thing about the base station it's got very very fast patch changes so you can re, you can sequence patch changing and it's got a really it's got super fast and it's a, the ability to then put a, a patch on each key uh, i don't know if there's a bit on the video i think he plays it later on okay so now we have where? let's see but the parameter in the can... great thing that we can do with the afx mode is Whilst the sequencer is local, I can't find the bit that I needed to. I was hoping to download the videos, but my video downloader is broken. But this is quite an interesting thing. Yoad, I don't know. What? Have you? You've got. Sorry, Rich. Which part were you? I mean, I just watched the whole, pretty much the whole thing. What, which part were you talking about? The I'm bit sorry. where when it splits the, the when drums, it splits yeah, the, when, when it he... splits the drums and you can you can have a, a sound per key because the program changes mm-hmm. so fast on it. Well, that's the whole video. The whole yeah. video is about having a sound per key across the entire. Yeah. Each key can have its basically own face plate Preset. patch yeah. assigned to it mm-hmm. and, and set up as such. And then you can use the sequencer to do fancy things with various combinations of them. Yeah, no, it's pretty nifty. I, I was just looking for the bit that de- that, uh, cool. that demonstrated it. Um, I know you've got a bunch of Novation stuff. Have you got a, a Base Station 2, Yoad? I've got a Base Station 2. And I was watching this video and I was thinking to myself, oh God, now I have to learn all these shortcuts and, and shift elbow and and all that. And I, I was just like, you know, um, if I wanted to have eight drum sounds, I, I think I can find another way of getting eight drum sounds on a keyboard uh, without having to, to program all that because it seems like a nightmare. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, obviously it's a cool feature and I welcome it. And it's very nice that they support uh, such an old, I mean, it's probably like five, six years old now. And it's, and it's very cool that they support it and it sounds great. Um, and I have noticed in the past that it really, it changes uh, programs really quickly. Yeah, and you can really almost fast, kind yeah. of sequence it in, you know, you can you can find obviously other ways, maybe maybe easier easier ways ways of of doing it, like just in your in logic or something, program a sequence of program changes with um, the perspective key, keys. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean, so you can yeah. kind of 
kind of do it maybe in a more screen-based, uh, screen and mouse-based way. Uh, but no, it's cool. It's I love this synth, and and for people who have time to to mess with stuff like that, then I'm sure I'm sure it's hours of fun, literally. <laughs> That's a very diplomatic way of putting it. But yeah, I get your point. I know what you mean. I mean, the amount of functionality they put in this, I mean, not only have we had, uh, they've split off the sub-oscillator now, so you can tune that separately. So you've effectively got three v, uh, VCOs or DCOs, I think they are on this. Uh, there's also uh, different portamento rates on the oscillators one and two, so you get, you know, which you can do on mm-hmm. a number of synths. And that's a really Great. quite, that's a really nice Great. thing to be able to do. It's especially yeah. good on polysynths, isn't it? But uh, uh, do you get much innovation? stuff over your over your side of the woods i mean i guess it's the sort of thing that you probably wouldn't be playing live in your chic work but maybe something you might because they do a little controller stuff as well but the base station is a bit of a classic i've never interacted with this synth personally that i can recall uh, it may i might have put a hand down on it but i've never spent any time on it and uh i did have at one time a sl61 controller of theirs that is a whole story unto itself but I didn't find it. Uh, there are a couple of operational aspects of this that are a bit fiddly, but ultimately, once you get set up properly, I thought the the programming and assigning of the sounds to the individual keys was actually quite easy. And the way he was demonstrating the way it interacted with their arpeggiator did bring it into some sort of somewhat unique area. And for somebody who doesn't have a room full of sense, um, and who might not have another good way to get multiple different kinds of analog drum patches together and has one of these sitting around, I can imagine that this would be very useful. And as Yoad pointed out, the fact that they're supporting a five or six year old operating system in a hardware piece in a monophonic, you know, sort of mid to low priced hardware piece is uh, very admirable. And I thought it sounded good and it seemed to work well. And yeah, it's a little bit fiddly, but if that's all you had, you'd be happy to You'd yeah, I'm, I, I'm, what I wonder is, how, I mean, you know, when they built this, obviously they've built some spare capacity in whatever the OS is stored in, you know, so it's got room to, to grow and breathe because they've added quite a lot of stuff to it. And I wonder when you're building hardware, how how much of that you build in. It must be quite kind of challenging because you wouldn't over-specify generally because it includes your costs, increases your parts costs because a bit more extra memory here and there does. Because uh, I was uh, on the Minilog XD, which I've been uh, looking at uh, to, to review, I was messing with the uh, digital uh, oscillator, which you can, and there, there is a fixed 32k of memory in there. And if they just put 64 or 128k, imagine the you know the expansiveness you could do with that, creating those digital oscillators, which can be, then be user loaded in. But I guess that's you know just just having that ability to add that stuff, uh, um, it must be very tempting, I- right? I think I think since it's a relatively modern synth, um, I think that the, the technology that uh, they've used is probably a, an overkill in terms of the CPU and memory and all that. To to, right. to just if they they were just using stock uh, components, they'll be so powerful these days. It's not the days of um, I don't know poly eight hundred and things like that, which were just starting to use <laughs> digital. Um, components properly and doing programming and um, and patches and things like that i think that you know even even on an iloc you can you can load so many licenses more that you than you can ever afford in terms of, of having to buy them you know 
I don't think that these days th this is a factor and, and for a fraction for like, I don't know, two more cents per, per unit or something, you can probably double the memory because we're talking about very, very small yeah, memory sizes so. anyway. I suppose you're right, yeah. Yeah, but it's just it's interesting, and, and this sort of follows along because um, Novation are pretty much kind of the market leaders when it comes to firmware updates of old equipment across the range. You know, they don't do it all, but the circuit certainly gets a load of stuff. I think the Monastation did, and uh, you know, circuits can completely transformed itself from when it first came out, and that is a complicated piece of equipment. So, you know, it's got a lot of. Uh, potential there but uh, yeah good on them and uh, i think you could download that for nothing for a version 414 afx mode and various other things that it comes with um i think what i'll just do we'll quickly have a quick um a quick mention from uh, softube i want to tell you about parallels so here it comes This is the new software synthesizer from a softube which takes a lot of their uh, excellent modeling stuff that's come out uh, were attached to their modular system, but also samples a whole bunch of uh, quite complex wavetables from some really rare and unreleased synthesizers that evolve over time. So you get very high quality pre-recorded sounds that scan beautifully with lots of different harmonic content. Uh, there's low, almost 100 high quality pre-recorded waveforms, lots of sonic progression between each one for near infinite source material. Uh, two parallel sources. Uh, means that you can uh, blend sounds, opening up exponentially more possibilities. Uh, up to 14 voices, uh, seven per source when both are active, hundreds of presets from various uh, world-leading artists, uh, three analog model filter types, state variable, vectoral LPG, and resonant peaks, as well as five sophisticated types of modulation source. You could get hold of this if you just head over to SoftTube now. Uh, I think the offer is over, but well worth checking out, and I hope uh, you get to try it out yourself. Right, um, what was the other thing that we had? Oh, yeah, who wants... Uh, now, let's see if I can find this. Uh, I know that. Oops, I've just started that one. Now, where is it? This is this is a great one. I know, uh, Yoad. I know that you started out as a guitarist, perhaps a bit of a shredder. So this may well appeal to you massively because this is a live twenty-four-seven stream of death metal that's AI generated. From that's pretty unpleasant to listen to, but the whole thing is built. <laughs> Via a neural network, and the idea is what it is. I won't, pl I won't play that because it, it is, you know, death metal's not my genre, so I'm not going to be able to appreciate it. But it's a really clever bit of uh, coding that's taking. Uh, what they do is they take they've taken a, a sort of back catalogue of a particular artist. I'm not sure who that is in the next in this particular case, and they've sampled lots of bits, and then they've taught the the, the process called sample RNN, which is a neural network. I think it's neural synthesis. That resequences it and rewrites it on the on the fly, and that that's a twenty four seven stream that's just happening live from this source material. But they also do it so it creates individual songs and also creates the artwork as well. But it's a bit different; it's different, slightly different use of AI because it's using actual source audio material and sampling and, and slicing it up that way. I don't know whether you know we've talked about this as whether it's feasible to uh, to create emotive, beautiful music. Or this is this is a slightly different genre and using a slightly different technique. I wonder if there's any kind of interesting technology in there that might uh, move into wider synthesis, perhaps. Uh, yeah, it sounds interesting. I mean, first, I would say that I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to find myself locked in a room listening to that uh video for 24 hours uh, <laughs> it's 24 7 it forever quite... it's all it's always just always forever. on. exactly exactly <laughs> no i don't think i will last more than 24 hours but um 
Yeah, I mean, it, the way to look at it is basically, if you look at, um, at it's basically the window size or the sample size that you use. So if you use individual samples and you sequence them, then you create an oscillator. But if you zoom out and you sequence bigger chunks of PCM, then you're dealing with what we, well, first you, you go through wavetable synthesis or granular yeah. synthesis where you loop small <laughs> sections. Um, and then if you, if you zoom out even more, then you'll be dealing with samples. And once you do that, you can find ways of, of sequencing those uh, bits or, or samples uh, in, in several ways. And, and you can, if you, if you think about the logic behind that, uh, you'll be able to quite easily find the, the mechanism in your, in your mind, at least. It's much more harder to, uh, to, to, to turn it into code that actually works. But you'll be able to find the processes that, that will lead to something that kind of makes sense uh, musically. So there's, yes. a, there's a kind of a logical path to that, and I the did, machine I... just uh, performs that and if you choose something that's harder to figure out whether it's right or not, then it's probably a lot easier to kind of, you know, to fool the mind, I suppose. Um, this is by a couple of guys, uh, CJ Carr and Zach Zukowski. I mean, aside from the fact that uh, this is quite hard to listen to, it's, it's an interesting, exp I guess it's an experiment in, you know, what you can do. But this led me to another question, Rich. It's like, you know, so have you, when you were working on something, have you ever had to work on music that is actually really hard to listen to, difficult to be able to concentrate and sit in front of for however long the session may last to mix? I mean, you know, hopefully most of us don't, don't find ourselves in that position. We tend to gravitate you know, generally towards the stuff we have an affinity to. So maybe if I was a death metal um, uh, nut, I would be mixing that stuff. But it must be incredibly difficult to do because it, it, there's so much in there and you've got everything. It's probably harder to mix. Uh, have you found yourself in a situation well, where you... I, I guess. I'm, imagining I'm myself as some sort of ambassador of easy listening is not a particularly attractive role that I'd like to play. <laughs> I wasn't saying that that's what the case was. However, Oops, the majority of my professional recording com uh, commitments have been involving music that isn't necessarily by design unpleasant to listen to, but could be at moments at times where it's desirable. And when I'm producing I'm, that's not even a consideration to me. I mean, uh, I don't mind dissonance, well done, and I don't mind noise, well applied. I don't mind distortion when it's used interestingly. So it's not like, you know, it's all lullabies and fairy tales over here. But, um, <laughs> I wasn't implying but, that. <laughs> no, I understand, but, I, but I'm, I'm about to speak up for nothing but, you know, you know, wonderful, you know, beautiful consonant tonality. No, I'm not speaking up for that. Um, I did not find it unlistenable i spent about i guess five minutes listening to that stream that you sent us the link to and it wasn't unlistenable to me does death metal as a genre interest me at all hell no but um but uh you know it's it, it wasn't that unpleasant for me to listen to am i likely to tune in on a regular basis absolutely not but um, what I want to know, and I asked this in the chat room a couple of lines ago, is why is everybody waiting breathlessly for machines to create music? Um, I suppose we have, I mean, I think it's probably to do with the fact that we suspect it's going to happen and we can't, we, we're sort of keen to know whether it's going to be any good or if it could be any good. Uh, before you say you anything else. You reckon that's the collaborator you've been waiting for? No, I don't, to be honest. <laughs> 
Uh, Rich, can I just suggest something? Something's happened to your audio uh, device and you're you're very, very choppy on the mic. What you might need to do is deconnect and reconnect your Bluetooth device because sometimes you get that kind of weird sample rate mismatch. So while I go to Yoad, perhaps you can uh, can, uh, maybe take a look at that. It's something you can't hear, unfortunately, so it's hard to... How about this? How about I just switch to this? Is that better? No, that's the same because it won't switch to that. I think it'll have to. You have to reconnect with the browser uh, if you're going to do that. But that's all right. So um, coming okay, back to you, well, you think I should reconnect Bluetooth? Okay, I'll do that. Try that Go ahead, as you want. So, Yoad, when you, I mean, you know. We've all done work for hire. We have to do that sort of thing. I mean, sometimes you take work because maybe, you know, the money's good or it's a stepping stone to something else. And it may not be a genre that you're specifically kind of uh, uh, keen on. And, and it's, it's quite hard. Sometimes the concentration levels that require if you're, if you're not in your comfort zone is quite difficult. And I imagine with death metal, unless you're familiar with it, it's going to be uh, uh, difficult to mix just because it's, it, there's a lot of sound in there. I mean, do you find that sometimes... Uh, a mix that has too much going on, but you can't take anything out without it actually suffering. How do you cha- how do you mm-hmm. face that sort of challenge? Um, well, I would say that that I've been very. I consider myself very lucky to not have, you know, not having to. Well, when I started, I did some stuff that, you know, weren't my wasn't my cup of tea uh, musically. Uh, and as an engineer, when you do that. It's still a challenge to to make something sound good and the best that it can sound. But I think that it's for me, it's not the style of music. And and it, it, like I said, it's more more the intensity of the music. So I would probably find it as hard to to concentrate uh, on a rave mix or a kind of a high energy electro. Um, there is the genre. Uh, factor. I mean, I would much rather listen to or mix kind of uh, punk that would get to those energy level uh, punk music or or something like that. That is more based on on rock. Maybe well, metal is based on rock as well. But yeah, it's mostly the intensity and the kind of uh, texture, the sonic texture of the of the sounds. Um, but but I think that when you zone when you mix then you you don't have to start with the whole thing playing you know you, you the, it's very challenging in me, in metal to to work on the drum sound and to get the drums whether you're using triggers or not or uh, obviously the holy grail is to not use trigger and to use just the sounds and to get the recorded sounds and to get it kind of crisp and and clear with all those double kick hits and and all that and when you work on that and you make the drums sound great and then you get the guitars in and eventually you'll have to get the singer in and that's where it gets a little bit uh, more challenging because of again it's the intensity of of the 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 way the 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 singing style that uh, for me is the most uh, i don't mind the drums the the even on that video, I don't mind the, the the music, but it's the it's the intensity of the vocal that I find sometimes. Uh, because I keep thinking to myself, the is he all right? Of, of that <laughs> guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of almost uh, a medical uh, condition, or leads to something or something that sounds like that. So, so that's my my. Uh, but I I would be, you know, I I've never mixed. Uh, something of that intensity uh but it's always a challenge 
when I think about it, that it is almost, you know, you think, how would you handle a tour with that? I mean, you'd just be ruined because, as we know, vocalists have to take care of their voices all the time. And, and you know, the, how do you take care of a voice if you're if that's the way you deliver? I just can't imagine how you do it. I mean, you must have a very mm -hmm. short uh, sort of shelf life as a singer because you're just going to burn yourself out. You're going to blow your vocal cords Absolutely. real quick. Absolutely. And yes, I agree. I do feel sympathy for that. Um, let, uh, while Rich is sorting him out, let me, let's just go to, uh, let's do the uh, isotope thing just because it'll fill some space and we, we can uh, announce the winner. RX continues to be the industry standard and leader in audio repair for music and post-production. And with RX-7, we've introduced groundbreaking new ways to quickly and easily fix and manipulate audio. Take the game-changing Repair Assistant, an intelligent helper that can detect noise, clipping, clicks, hum, and more. Also new in RX-7 is Music Rebalance, a powerful source separation tool. Drums too loud? Vocals not loud enough? Let's fix that. You can also create instrumental versions of songs by removing the vocal elements. You can now alter the pitch without affecting the timing of your audio, and conversely, alter the time without affecting the pitch with the new variable time and variable pitch modules. Using the new dialog contour, you can improve the performance of a line or even create a new performance by altering the pitch contour of the dialog, therefore adjusting the intonation of the speaker. And introducing Dialog Dereverb, a module powered by machine learning to reduce the presence of reverberations around dialogue. RX-7, a new frontier in audio repair. And you can check that out if you just go to isotope.com. They download uh, a free demo as always. We've also got a winner from last week's show. Uh, we're looking at DJ Raul, uh, whose Twitter handle is at 2-E-E-T-I-E. Tweety, 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 maybe? I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I always seem to get Twitter handles that are very difficult to pronounce. That's just the way it goes. So if you want to get in touch, DJ Raul, you've won Isotope RX7 from last week. And we have another competition for this week. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag Instant Audio Repair and the hashtag RX7. And that's to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's via Twitter. The hashtag Instant Audio Repair is one word. And the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. If you enter uh, on Twitter, we will be able to pick you from uh, all the people who entered and uh, you stand a good chance of winning. So uh, let's see if we got Rich back now. One, two, testing. Can you hear me? I hear you. Do you Ray. hear me? Yes, I do. We're back. And we're back in the room. But it's quieter than it was before. Is that you or is that is me? It? Uh, well, it's not me, I don't think. It looks like the levels are all the same. Okay. So maybe All right. There's Very a, good. Maybe... Never mind. Are you hearing me at the same level? Yep. Yep. Okay. So you're still coming Very in good. okay. No worries then. Uh, what else am I looking at? Right, yeah, uh, the very sad news. Obviously, uh, Muff Wiggler, the, uh, the the guy Mike McGrath, who was the founder of Muff Wiggler, passed uh, recently. Uh, it's a really nice guy, Mike. Actually, uh, I think we filmed a couple of videos because he used to do some presentations for Make Noise. Uh, oh no, sorry, Tip Top and uh, Trash Audio, and uh, so we filmed him over the years at uh, various NAMs. Um, I think he had short illness, and so you know, just just quite sudden. Um, but I mean, it goes, you know, the Muff Wiggler Forum is legendary. Lots of outpourings of uh, of kind of support because it. Without that, I mean, think you know, it's been since about two thousand and seven, I think, uh, and it's. Yes, it can be quite a hostile environment for the newbie, but in terms of the amount of knowledge and the amount of 
sort of uh, manufacturer engagement and maybe influence that's happened over, you know, Eurac that helped the rise of it and uh, uh, analog synthesis. I mean, it can't be overestimated. And it's, I don't know how many posts they've got there, but there are tens and tens of thousands of it. It's not a place that I hang out because I just don't hang out in forums. I just haven't got time. But for many people, it's like a real sense of community. And it's a very sad bit of news. Um, I, I know DivKid said he'd like to have been on because he would have loved to say, you know, how important it was to him because, I mean, he's obviously very much into modular. Uh, so I, I'm hoping and I'm guessing it's going to continue. Um, and uh, I think there's a kickstart uh, or a, a GoFundMe. Uh, if you go over to Muff Wiggler, you'll be able to see that's maybe raising uh, for his family and to keep the whole thing going. So, uh, yeah, sad news. I know, Richard, is that somewhere you've, I mean, it's been around for such a long time. It must have at least been there once just from a Google search. No, never been over. Okay. Well, that's that's not a problem. May he rest in peace. Apparently, he was much loved. And I took a look at it today, and it seems that is uh, a tremendous number of people who are affected by this, and I feel bad for his friends and his family. Yeah, it's a real sort of sense of community there, uh, I, even though, like I say, sometimes it's a bit adversarial. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess maybe somewhere you've uh, you you keep an eye on from time to time, Yoad. Um, I have to say that I haven't uh, yet. Although I I have modular, a small modular system, I haven't really got into that seriously because, like we said, I. I just don't have the like you said actually i just don't have the time but he seems very young as well so uh it's very sad yeah yeah it is really like sad. a nice bloke yeah it, it is it, it there's a i think there's a film of with the uh video came out that was posted where we i, I think i was talking to him at uh with nam 13 i think and he was he was always traveling around the place, you know, kind of advocating kind of modular synthesis and synthesis in general. So yeah, very sad. And I, I, I also kind of it, it begs the question: what happens to a resource like that when the kind of head of it goes? I mean, is he the only guy with the passwords? I mean, what this this whole thing, you know, whether or not there's you know, it's bound to continue. There must be there must be a momentum enough, and 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 the community must be able to kind of keep it going so that hopefully it'll uh, it'll hopefully. never go away. I mean. But uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those. Uh, it's a real shocker. So condolences to everybody. Ah, here we go. This is a big one. Um, there's a new synth from uh, UDO. Now, this. Let me see if I can find this one. Some synth news. I'm just looking for it now. Uh, I'm. Uh, oh, where have I put it? I can't even see. Right. Uh, news tech news. Okay, UDO. Let me find it. I thought I had it up here, but I haven't. That's just the way. Here we are. I'll post it here. Yeah, this is a uh, new sit there from Bristol, actually. And it's the guy behind the uh, Modal 008 because he he had a fully formed or nearly fully formed synthesizer that he then took to Modal and they kind of finished the production. This is, uh, it's it's called, now let me see if I can pronounce this right. It's a 12-voice analog synth. Uh, it's a polyphonic binaural analog hybrid uh, with a GUI and case designed by Axel Hartman. So the mean business, I mean, get Axel involved. You know, it needs to be something fairly serious. So I think they're going to be coming out in uh, Superbooth where we're going to first see it. We were hoping to get a trip down to their workshops and get a first call. But I think, you know, as with many of these things, small companies, it takes a little while to get things going. But, you know, is this could be a, another synth. Have you another synthesizer on your shopping list? <laughs> Uh, well, it looks interesting. I would love to hear it. I mean, but yeah. it looks, it reminded me of, uh, of a combination of a 106 and an A and 1X. Ah, you know, yeah, it has with the, the blue, the, yeah. Yeah, it has the, the kind of Juno sliders, but the kind of plastic shell of a... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, 
it's very interesting that the binaural um the um yeah, but I don't know quite how they're going to use the binaural stuff. It's going to be an interesting challenge, I'd imagine. Bro, uh, basically, I think the way with an analog synth is quite easy and it's quite simpler than, than what you may think because since the analog oscillators are independent, or they should be at least, even though they're DCOs, it depends on whether you lock the, the phase so, you, so they start at the same time or you let them run in the background and just gate like an analog... Um, you know, like a uh, run free basically, and just use the gate to to switch them on and off. Uh, but but if that's the case, then uh, in order to get binaural effect, what all you have to do is say it's uh, eight voices. You just it's a mode like a, almost like a unison mode where it plays two voices for each key, and then you just pan them to the left and and right, and then the the differences. Um, uh, the frequency and the the fact that each oscillator is a, is a separate card and already sounds a bit different or should sound a little bit different that gives you it's like double tracking that's something that I do sometimes with the Matrix uh, Six. Uh, okay. um, you know, I just record it and then I immediately record the same part. So I have a MIDI part playing and I record it and I then re immediately record it again or even let it cycle and then chop it in half, put one half of it on the left and one on the right and then you get this uh binaural effect because you have two different oscillators playing the same uh, ah, note. okay right and uh and, and it's very interesting you could do that with a pulse with a wad of pulse with a mini moog of course um i recommend for for people who have mini moog or or something similar or even an sh101 uh, to 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 experiment with that, just record the the part twice and pan it to the left and and right. Not to mention the fact that you can record if you have a pad or something or even something polyphonic, you can just record the the top notes and then the middle. You know, oh, record each so note and then the you can create the poly. And then you can yeah that you can pan them. You can create polyphonic parts. It takes a little bit of time, but when you think about it. If you have a part that you you make with a, with a plugin, with a VST instrument or something like that, a polyphonic part, and then you kind of replicate the sound of that on your monosynth and record it layer by layer. Mutt Lang um, style, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it doesn't take that long because you just, you know, you just do it. It takes a minute and then you, you end up with a bunch of regions and then you can pan, pan them differently or layer them or even change the, the levels and things like that. It's very interesting. That's an interesting idea. I noticed you were nodding there, Rich. I guess it's a technique that you, you've used as well. I hadn't really thought about that, but I've heard it said before, but uh, this could be interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's don't show me, let me hear it kind of scenario, isn't it? I mean, hopefully... We'll get that. It'll be one of our first calls at Superbooth, which is uh, May the 9th will be our first uh, time, which will be in Berlin. I don't suppose you're going to be in Berlin around that time, Rich, are you? In May, no. I oh, will well, not be in Berlin. That's a shame. You'd enjoy that. It's a great vibe. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I them would. luck with this. I, I, I guess binaural, a binaural synth could be kind of interesting, though, I guess, if it's got enough oscillators and, and to sound that different. I guess it saves you tracking time, but... I don't know what they're doing with it exactly. We'll we'll find out soon enough, right? 
Um, yep. So, Rich, um, the other thing that you br you brought up was the uh, Antelope Edge modelling mic, which I know nothing about, but it's an interesting. <laughs> there's a there's sort of new genre of mics, isn't there? These sort of uh, uh, now, are these DSP or are they software? I'm just looking at this. Edge comes a high number. Uh, perhaps well, you know a little more about it than I do because I'm flat. I'm, I haven't had time to look. It's first of all, it's a USB microphone. It's a ah. high quality, large diaphragm condenser shell that communicates over USB and does have attendant software with a whole bunch of goodies in terms of mic modeling and uh, things you can do. Not quite as extensive as, say, Townsend Labs Sphere but nevertheless offering essentially a mic closet's worth of classic mics within this one shell. And also on its own, it seems to sound really good. And I saw a review of the thing is what got me involved and uh, was impressed. It sounded great. It comes with a long USB cable so you can connect it to things. And uh, I don't know of another uh, condenser mic of that quality with the USB port on the back of it. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder how that works in terms of phase alignment and, all, and how many could you could you mic a kit with it if you had, you know, several instances of it? I don't know how that would work. I suppose you could. Well, there's also and and furthermore, there's one with two capsules. This is the duo, I think, and the other one's called the quad. So uh, they both, you know, this one has two capsules and the other one has four. And I think you can rotate them for stereo purposes. I didn't do much research on the four, but I did ah, listen to and, uh, admire the two and. Uh, for Antelope, which is a company that's primarily known for its interface and clocking products, I thought it was an interesting product. So uh, I've interest. I mean, do either of you? I don't know, Yoad, whether you do you use modelling mics. I mean, I guess if you've got access to the real thing, you wouldn't need to. But sometimes you can't take that whole thing with you, you know. So would you reach for something like this to in the right situation? Um, depending on the only thing is how it sounds. You know, that's the only question because. Um, <laughs> On the face of it, it looks great. It's a great solution. And to your question, whether you can, whether if you if you mic more than if you use more than one mic, uh, whether whether or not they'll be in sync, uh, that's a good question because it it depends on how how they've designed it. If they designed it to receive clock from the interface or from the USB port, which they can because it can lock to other drivers on the on the system, then they should be at least running at the same uh, sample rate. Um, so whether or not they'll be in phase initially, uh, that's a different question. But uh, it, it's interesting to see. I don't know how it sounds. And um, basically, the fact that it has a USB in it, it means that the, the A to D is in the mic as well. So you have basically a, a sound card in the mic and yeah. then you connect it via USB. Um, and there's a limit to, to the quality of, uh, of A to Ds that you can run off a power of a, of a USB bus. You know, it's, it's not very powerful. So you, you, yeah, it's very hard to get the transformers and things like that working on, on a 5 volt with limiter, uh, limited power. Uh, power so uh, i'm not sure but it it looks interesting and it could definitely i, I don't know what what costs and all that it's uh, oh dear we're losing a little bit there uh, um, uh, something sorry that's all right I'll, I'll just come back to rich while while you're, you're the line's clear 
Um, that's an interesting thought, though, isn't it? The it is going to be down to whether the uh, USB can power a decent enough. Uh, I guess it's going to be. I'm, two I'm not if it's... sure how. I'm not 100 percent sure how this thing is powered. That's what I was just going to look at. Mm. Because there may be, for example, uh, I have the microphone I usually use on this podcast is powered from an internal battery that is recharged from the 48 volt input. This says it's 48 volt DC phantom power. So I'm trying to figure out. So I don't remember what the connections are that get that in there. Um, And that's what I was kind of now dialing up their website to take a look at. The physical design of the microphone and how they would be getting power into it. I'm pretty sure there's a separate power input to the microphone. I think you have to power it. I don't think it powers over USB. Maybe maybe there's an XLR connector as well. There is as an XLR connector USB as well. Connector. It's about a grand. So, this uh, one, the Duo, I think, by the looks of it, Edge Duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is. Um, well, I have to. I have to try it. The, but that the uh, the yeah. Antelope Audio interfaces they're really high end. I mean, they're they're, they're top draw kind of DSP powered interfaces that are quite expensive. I mean, into or, or not mm-hmm. expensive, but they're they're at the higher end of uh, of the price market. You know, and they're they're up there with your Apollos and and beyond. So I mean they've yeah. obviously and they've got a really long history of working uh, with DSP inside those uh, uh, DSP powered audio interfaces, but they haven't quite broken through perhaps in the same way that uh, that that UA and perhaps some of the other ones do. So even though they interface because directly, they're, they're known for yeah they're known for their high quality interfaces and not necessarily for their plugins, right. uh, which this actually is. You know, it's just a plug-in. So you have a, a, a mic, which I presume uh, is quite transparent or as much as possible, and then you, you run it through a plug-in, basically. Yeah, and I guess you have to have a reference so that the, the everything that you do, it knows it's modifying what it's modifying first. But, I don't, Rich, have you used any of the kind of modeling mics or mics that have multiple characters in the past? I haven't actually used them. I've been quite interested to try out the sphere by Townsend Labs. Yeah, that's supposed uh, to be very good. And I'm now kind of interested to try out this one. I'm not desperately in need of a microphone right now, but um, if I were going to buy one microphone, there is a possibility I would end up buying a modeling microphone because it gives you the options of having more than one kind of sound coming from the thing. Now, again, as Yoad says, it's down to how does it sound? And in the demos that I've heard, both the Sphere microphone and this thing sounded fantastic. So I was encouraged enough to want to hear them. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? That, I, I, I wonder. What, yeah, I wonder what the what the the barrier is. I mean, it, it, you know, it's it, it's more of a it's more fiddly than just plugging a mic into a mixing desk and recording and you know go. But but there must be it. There must be a point at which you just kind of go. Well, it's a no brainer. There's no there's no point in considering. Uh, you know, the, the five grand U47 or the C12, because I just, you know, there, there's so few of them around and I don't want to drop it. I'm not going to take it on the road, you know. So there's a point at which you just go, yeah, we'll use those instead. But it has to be, I guess, like you say, yeah, and it's got to be the sound, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The sound and, and like you say, the the um, reliability of of the mic that you're going to plug it and you know it's going to work. And if you have a recording session or something, you just want to know that it that it works. 
That's yeah, it's, it's, I guess so. You're not you're not running into those sort of problems with uh, a C12 or a C24 that's sort of 50, 60, 70 years old and uh, and and you haven't got the drivers for it anymore. You know, that's that's not going to happen, <laughs> is it? I guess. Fortunately, yeah, you, know, you may have to change the the bulb or something, or you know, these mics, these old mics. I have a couple of of good old mics, and they require maintenance occasionally. Yeah, you know. Oh, and it's uh, okay. So here's a question: as we're on mics, you've got what? You've got the choice of one mic. What do you choose, Rich? And that's it. You 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 got it. That's all you can use. You can only have one microphone. Are, you, are we are we on a desert island now with a power yeah, supply or without a power supply? With a power supply. <laughs> the power supply. With the power supply. With a with forty eight volts on a desert island. Yeah. I'd probably look into one of these modeling microphones at this point because they're oh, okay. available. I mean, 10 years ago, I would have given you a different answer, but right now it probably end up being one of these modeling microphones because it gives you the largest number of options for a single device. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, right. Over to you. Yad, Yad. What's what you've only got one mic. <clears throat> what is it? Um, you know what? Lately I've been using um, the Aston spirit. Not lately, actually, since it came out. Um, because I helped uh, James James Young and and the guys at Aston to to define the mic a little bit. Um, I really like that mic, and I recently just because um, I was trying to do something quickly with this uh, Swedish uh, artist. He was we were recording vocals, and he had this guitar riff that he wanted to play on um, on a nylon string. And he's really tall, and the mic was up here, and he actually grabbed the guitar and played it. And that that I was always recording uh, vocals with this mic, and the guitar sounded really, really good. And so I'm gonna try to record some more stuff with it rather than just vocals. But uh, it's I'm really pleased with that mic. It sounds crisp, and it's it's not very expensive at all. Um, I would say, you know, it, there's obviously the 87, the U87, uh, which is good for everything. You can record drums with it. You can obviously record vocals and, and everything that you can think of. It's pretty versatile. It's a large diaphragm and all that. And um, But the Aston right gives it a good a good run yeah yeah i'm quite pleased with that mike interesting uh, yeah we we uh we actually gave i think aston got a, an award for i can't remember what it was at nam but it was for the stealth which is the multi multi kind of pattern multi format uh uh cardioid uh, not cardioid but dynamic microphone which i've been trying to get hold of them because i wanted to try it on the podcast just to see what it is so you can you got various settings for sort of more suited for uh it, it it's phantom powered dynamic because it's got preamp characteristics. It's just an interesting concept and I'd like to try it out, but uh, I haven't been able to yet. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that chaps. I think um, we're probably getting towards the end of the show. I want to thank you very much for stepping in. I know Rich, you've got to head off because you're, you're presumably heading off to, to your gig fairly shortly. You've got to pack and do all of those things, right? Indeed. I have uh, a bus out in front of this hotel right now and I'm Oops. <laughs> on it within the half hour. Ah, okay. Okay, Rich. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope your gig goes well tonight and the next three dates and, and, and onwards are stress-free and, and super enjoyable. And I uh, hope to see you in the UK soon. Thank you very much. Uh, always a pleasure.
And uh, Yoad, thank you also again for joining us too this week. Uh, I know it's been a little slow on the news, but I, I, I feel confident we've managed to fill the time with something that was was moderately interesting, at least to me. So thank you very much for giving I think up the time. It was quite as well. interesting. Yeah, always good. a pleasure. Great. Well, thank you, guys. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, Sonic Talk uh, 574 be available on YouTube shortly, also uh, on the uh, iTunes as an MP3. I want to say thank you very much to Isotope and also uh, Softube for supporting the show. We'll see you all next time. That's it. Thanks for watching. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>